Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 272. And just to let everybody know, we're kind of going into the hunting and fall and winter season. I was out this morning uh, with LC, my little winter dog, and it was cold. I needed gloves. And it's going to be like 80 today. So the, the seasons are definitely changing, you can tell. And that changes a lot of things that we do with our dog. One of the series that I'm going to do, not, not starting today, is going to be on the request of a couple of people uh, talking about when you've never run like the AKC Master or the AKC Senior or even the Junior. You know, how do you get ready? Or talking to people, you know, what, what, uh, what do you wish you'd known more or expected more when you first started that stuff? And I'm going to do that for people that are uh, entering that genre. I'm going to do a little bit of a series on that. There's a lot more to running a master or, you know, the high le highest levels of anything. Um, than you are aware of other than, oh, we do triples and we do double blinds and we honor and all that stuff. Because <laughs> sometimes the strategy is the most important thing and knowing how to how to do, go about that. So that's what I, we're going to talk about. But today before that, uh, as the season is winding down, it's not quite finished yet, but it's winding down. I want to just tell a couple stories. Um, I would have a podcast of just storytelling about dogs and about dog people because you know I've seen so much and there's so much uh, very inspirational uh, stuff out there but you just never really get to to see it maybe I should put it in a book or something I don't know but anyway I want to talk about uh, just a couple stories about people who um, had you seen them early on you would have thought well don't even bother <laughs> And then what what they wind up doing, and the same is true for dogs. I have seen many dogs. I had many dogs in for training, that I I was just sitting there going, this ain't gonna happen. I <laughs> I don't even know how. And then yet, finally, I mean, it doesn't always happen. There are some dogs that should just don't want to do this, and there's some people that don't want to do it. But when they, when you can find the secrets, sometimes there's some keys in there. So I'm going to tell. I'm not going to use any names, although the people will probably recognize themselves <laughs> if they hear it. But I want to talk about one. I had, a, and it's a person that I've known for a while, and it's a a past client. And this individual got their first. Uh, they got a. a I think it was their first pointing lab. It's the first one I knew about uh, that I was involved with and sent this dog to me for training. And it was one of those dogs that just pointed all the time. Just pointed and that was it. I mean, the dog wasn't well broken or anything. It would just point and just hold. And there, it didn't take a lot and, and it was a good retriever. And so he wanted to get his dog certified and he wanted to run it because after all, you know, it's his dog and his hunting dog and stuff. So. The test came around uh, in the, I believe it was the fall, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was. And so he wanted to run the dog in the certified. Now in the in certified, APLA certified field, you have to do, retrieve two ducks in water, two singles, uh, two marks, and you have to hunt an upland field of a certain size in which there are three birds planted, and you have to hunt the field and, and hunt the whole time and point and then when the bird is shot retrieve you don't have to be steady and all that you just have to find the bird and point it so 
this dog is awesome. I mean, this dog is really, really good at this stuff. And so, so I bring the dog, it's still with me, right? And give it to him and, and uh, tell him what the rules are. You can't touch them, all this stuff. And, and he goes into the field, bless his heart, he goes into the field about 25 yards and stops. Now his dog knows what it's doing and it's hunting. And it, it's hunting through the field and it's just out there all by itself. So when the handler stops, the judges and the gunner stop too. So they're all standing there. And meanwhile, this dog is out hunting through the and finds a bird, locks up. So <laughs> I'm watching this on the side, you know, going, go with the dog, <laughs> go hunt with the dog. So when he's on point, you know, finally, I, I probably the judges or gunner might have said, you know, we got to get up there. So they go all the way to the other side of the field where this dog is on point. And, you know, they get the shoot the bird and get the retrieve and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, and then it kind of was that way. Then they're down there and it kind of just stands. And, and so the, the dog is so good, right, that it passed. It got, and in those days, you only had to pass one. Now you have to pass two certified stakes. But so his dog got certified. Certified, but I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, this guy can never. He should can never run his dog again. So anyway, he, that dog goes home and he hunts with him, and life is good. And years go by, and then he buys uh, another dog, and sends it to me for training. And this, the other one was a, a male. This is a female with all female characteristics. Read that as you will. Um, she didn't point at all. Didn't point. Um, but she was. She would retrieve. But she always didn't always agree with the way that that I thought it ought to be done. She didn't really agree all the time. Thought force fetch was just a terrible thing. I, basically, she debated and argued through the whole training thing and so when you'd go run around marks or something he was out all the time you know now he really really wanted to be a part of all the training and he really wanted to learn the nuts and bolts so he was out now a lot and if we would do a set of marks you know marked retrieves where somebody's out there and you throw birds and, and she would run out and maybe go 200 yards past it she knew where the bird was right she knew where it was. She'd run kind of just kind of resentment from training. And I'm no hardliner tough guy. It's not like that's what's happening. But she just didn't like having to do things anybody's way but hers. And so she'd run 200 yards out and hunt all over. And eventually, and we didn't really help her because she knew where the bird was. And she was just, it was an attitude thing. Every now and then the gunner would have to hop and get her back. But she would do that or she'd run and go behind it and then some other place. And uh, every now and then when she'd do it, she'd, she'd mark real well if she was inclined so. And other times it was like, holy cow, does she have an eye problem? What's going on? And then, so she stayed, and he's out all the time, right? And so now she's getting going through the, the double T and the swim by and, and learning how to handle and, <laughs> and all that. And, of course, she's still a bit argumentative at, at this point. But once you've got them handling and everything, they do a lot better. And, uh, well, uh, she, yeah, she's still, the pointing, she really hadn't pointed yet. So, uh 
now now he needs to learn how to run blinds with the dog and she's just kind of learning she's not real good and he's learning and he's not real good and it, I, they'd be doing a, a land blind or a water blind fairly straightforward and and he would do the really fast cast, you know, where you just a real quick flick up of the, I mean, a lot of energy. That's what was in his mind. People cast the way their mind is working. And he, it would be a real quick burst of energy cast. And then she would go the other way, the wrong way. And then on a blind, she'd be 200 yards off, 100 yards off where she needed to be. And I'm just shaking my head going, this never going to work. It's just <laughs> never going to work. I'm not sure about her. And I'm definitely not sure about him. And but still just stayed at it. So then with her now, I, I'm not sure I the pointing thing. I think we finally got the I can't I can't tell you what kicked it in, whether we put the cord on her, you know, and kind of did it that way. I'm not really a cord person unless it's absolutely necessary. But we finally did some interventional things. And and now I'd been woe breaking her all along with this stuff. Uh, because she was out of two, four times, so it was very hopeful that she would point. And she did. She started pointing. And so that was in the, I can't remember, spring or something. So And, and he, her blinds, she could actually run blinds if she knew she had to do what you said. But when we turned, put them together, sometimes it was, it was oh, kind of hard to watch, right? But he keeps coming out every week. He keeps training with this dog. The dog is training. And let me just kind of fast forward on this stuff now. So he enters his, he, he enters, I'm going to say, I don't know if, I, I think he ran in advanced. He goes, I said, we, we don't need to start at certified now that we're with HRC and, and the rules have changed a little bit. You don't have, you can start anywhere you want. So the dog was, was, was up there pretty good but he was going to run her in an advanced and he's so he goes south dakota and he runs his dog in the advanced and passes have to pass two of them so now she's advanced pointing retriever right and now there's nothing left but master now and so we go we go to another i'm we're all the you know bunch of us go and we go to another one i think it was missouri and we go over there and he's never run that kind of thing, you know, where you got doubles and then you got a blind and 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 then the the upland field. I still remember this to this day. It, it was really hot, and so they had to have a very small field. And I think they were pulling you out after two points or three or something like that. And and so there's like a bazillion birds in there, right? It is a minefield. But I, I just remember those two things. So they set up a good a good set of landmarks and the blind if you keep your dog on line to it it's going to be good but if they get behind the trees you're just toast and so he's running this dog and I'm just going oh please give the right cast please do that so never mind what I was thinking they go and run the land series better than any dog I ran and I'm like wow <laughs> that's good <laughs> and then we went then we had the water series after that and there was a decoy right and and right out in the middle of where I, the mark of the blind I don't know what it was and he is so he goes decoys we haven't used decoys with her we haven't and I just said there's no decoy out there just run it he goes oh, there's no decoy all right just run the marks run the blind so you know what happened 
they just hammered. She paid no attention to the decoy, ran that, and now we're going to the upland field. And it's it's a mind, it's like popcorn. There's birds everywhere. It's just, and here's this dog that didn't point and just now, just, just had started just a little bit ago. And, you know, we don't know. And she does her own thing a lot, right? And so you never know if she's going to ad lib. Well, then he goes into the upland field and I, I don't kind of don't want to watch. I mean, I have to watch because I can't not watch, but I don't want to. And I'm standing there talking with somebody that's from another part of the country and talking about pointing labs and all that stuff. And he's up there in the field with her and she just slams a point 20 feet into the field, right? And he goes, see, not all dogs are just natural pointers like that one. And he's pointing to her. And it was just such a gratifying moment because he had no idea the history behind all of that. But it was, it was a beautiful point. And she passed that. Uh, and she got, you know, he got his master pointing retriever title with an absolutely fabulous job. And with all the stuff we'd been through and with the, you know, dog running 200 yards over this and blinds and crazy cat, all this stuff. And it, they just, just did an amazing job. Okay, so that was, I think, two years ago. She, he entered her in, so she's a master report, point and retriever. And then he entered her in um, seven more uh, tests, seven more APLA master tests, passed every one of them. So she's never failed uh, an APLA test. He, he qualifies for the Triple Crown in Colorado last year, and he did not have the dog ready, and she did her thing. So he requalified her, and he ran the Triple Crown this year and passed with a very high score and you know here's this guy and his dog little dog and you know just looks so good and nobody knows what went on behind that you know nobody has a clue there what <laughs> what they just oh that was a really good job congratulations um so <laughs> so but if you'd have seen all of that in the in the beginning, then you would have said there's absolutely no way. You know, it's going to take him 30 of these things to get through because she can be crazy and she can be wild and all this stuff. And and the dog is, and then he goes and enters her in AKC Master Hunters, right, to get ready for the Triple Crown because he's not going to have what happened last year happen to him. Um, so he, he goes and passes every one of those. AKC Master Hunters, triples, double blinds, weird stuff, poison bird, everything's, right? And they go and do that perfectly, perfectly fine. And I just wish that people could understand how much of success in this business, in these activities, in this hobby, is based on just diligence, becoming a student of the game, and just working hard. And at one point he had asked me, he said, do you know, am I wasting my time and money with this dog? You know, and I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, both of you are a little questionable right now. And yet, you know, they have one of the most stellar records you can have out there. So um, 
I would say the due diligence and the student of the game thing is a really big deal. And I'm going to tell another similar story. And these are current. I have ones from the last 30 years, so I could do a lot of these. But I want to tell another current one about somebody. Some of you know him, a lot of you don't. Who bought a really nice dog. Didn't I think they wanted to get a, a, a pointing lab, right? Never had one before. Always had labs, done a lot of their you know training and stuff themselves, but wanted to get a hunting dog and get it trained up and stuff. So they wound up buying a dog. Uh, from a local breeder here who has a pedigree, you know, that I would pay $10,000. It's, it's the pedigree that I just adore. And so they didn't really know what they got when they got it. They just got this nice little black dog. And uh, and they it, apparently it's quite a handful at home. And I had... Uh, well, no, that was later when I did it. So it was a handful of them, but they bring this dog to me at roughly six months, which is kind of when I like them. And they brought the dog to me, and, you know, they just had no they, no hunt test, none of that stuff. They just want a good hunting dog, and they want it trained. Well, this dog was like if you had a hot skillet and put a drop of water on it. That was this dog. The He was just kind of nuts. And really did not like he'd been living with them in the house and very interactive and stuff and now he's in my kennel building and he's in the kennel and he has to stay there and go, you know and fit in with all the other guys and and he made noise he made all kind of noise I mean the dog was like I'm going this dog is nuts now I know the pedigree so I understand but the dog is nuts and I you know I'm trying I'm doing obedience with him it was kind of interesting because I never could quite connect with this dog like you do when you're teaching them stuff you know you kind of want to be real connected man it was just almost impossible I was just like I'm gonna make you do this stuff because I just couldn't get connected and then I tried then we go into the force fetch thing which was kind of done and kind of not I mean then as far as retrieving this guy you could he would retrieve if you took two legs off of him he'd still find a way to get out there and get it. it's just adamant about that stuff but I couldn't even get him out in the upland field because I the control I just the dog was kind of nuts that's all I can say and so I I got hold of him I mean they came out and we worked a little bit together but I you know I was like this is I'm not sure that he should be here right now well, whenever a trainer says that to somebody, that means you're telling them the dog is no good. <laughs> but that's not what I was doing. I just said, I don't, this dog should not be here yet. He's not ready for formal training. The, the way his mind is, is not, not conducive to learning stuff and paying good money for this. You know, if you pay somebody, you need to be able to give them something worth that. And I didn't feel like I could. So I had... I, I said, let's take him home. I'll give you some stuff to do. And let's let the guy grow up just a little bit. Well, they thought I kind of washed their dog out, mostly, I think. So I put him in contact with another dog with a very almost identical pedigree of somebody whose dog had been had, had been with me that was the same pedigree and, and not so crazy. How And it, we had a lot of difficulty force-fetching the dog and all that kind of stuff. But he wound up uh, 
he's a four-time and a triple crown finisher, finished the first one. So I, I, I said, call these people, talk to them. They know exactly what you're going through. They can tell you the things they did with the dog at home and that, you know, that it took a while and we had to be patient. And so those guys got together and talking. I hope that that made a difference. I'm not sure, but I hope it did. <laughs> at least they knew it wasn't them. They weren't the problem. They didn't get the one freaky weird dog of the world that sometimes stuff like this happens. Sometimes dogs are not ready for formal training at an early age. Um, they just aren't. You know, some are ready kind of even earlier than that, and others are not. And it's, and fortunately, you know, they went along, they were kind of worried that maybe he wasn't going to be good enough. And the only thing I said to him was, okay, well, I haven't done birds or anything with this dog, but I can tell you this is going to be a fabulous pointer because of the pedigree. And <laughs> so they, they took the dog home and did all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, and stuff that I would I would have said, no, don't do that. <laughs> they do hand-thrown quad, you know, with hand-thrown bumpers, uh, quads and triples. And dog was picking stuff up in weird order and was wriggling and moving and all this stuff driving me nuts. But they spent so much time. And they also, the interesting thing was they came up with funny little quirky little things in the house to do to make that dog think because that's the what he if he was thinking he was good if he wasn't thinking he was like crazy so they did all that stuff and the time went by and they brought him back when he was just a little bit older and I got him through the the uh, double t and the swim by you know got woe going a lot on him and all that stuff and got the tools and then they took him back and he would every now and then well I have to say this when I was doing a swim by on him that's where you teach him you know you got to get in the water and stop and do all this stuff and when I blew a whistle he would just do the alligator roll in the he would roll in the water and I'm sitting there going oh, this dog is nuts it wasn't a pressure thing it was, I blew the whistle, and he'd just roll in the water, you know, and I'm going, oh, yeah. I mean, the dog's mind was, it just worked a little bit different, like the, a lot of those dogs in that line do. You know, so I just, I didn't get upset, and they they really didn't either on their stuff. And then he had all these funny quirks and stuff that he would do. You know, he would, just all of a sudden in blinds, he would do a funny sit or would take the opposite cast she gave him and it wasn't because he was a bad dog or an evil dog it was because the way his mind worked was just really different but they just stayed at it and they just stayed at it kept training got inventive on their own about how to do some things a lot got always you know came back and trained and we always were working on stuff and and the dog that was that was sent home because his mind just couldn't be in the kennel and learning stuff for a while is now one of one of two uh, TC2s in the country. There's only two of them and he's one of them. He passed last year and he passed again this year, again with very high scores. And had there not been patience there, and this time the other one, the owner is kind of nuts. Well, the owner and the dog in my first story both are a little good. This time it was a lot the dog and I mean fairly in the wrong hands, if you'd have put a ton of pressure on him, he would have ruined him because it wasn't that he was being a bad dog again. It was because the way his mind works, I mean, it's going at 
2,000 RPM. And so you have to make sure that that mine is in a place where it can do things. And when those guys hooked together and got together, obviously, you know, with the success that they have had, uh, and all these dogs I'm talking about are going to be running the Triple Crown next year as well. <laughs> so they're all coming back. But the success, you wouldn't have thought so if you'd seen things early on. Maybe some people would have given up on either one of those dogs. Um, maybe somebody would have said, I'm not good enough to train this dog. I can't do it. None of that ever happened. Nobody gave up on the dog. And the, the two the clients that I'm talking about, they just kept going. You know, sometimes they'd have a fabulous training day, and sometimes it would be not fabulous at all. And, you know, everybody's, well, you don't, when no one ever in our group pokes fun when somebody's really struggling. It's But after they've been successful, they're pretty merciless. But it's a real tribute, and I have a bunch more stories I can tell, to one, not giving up on a dog that isn't doing what it's supposed to, and then to never give up on becoming a real student of the game and getting better. And these guys work uh, to this day to get better. And it's just something that's, you know, I wish, I wish people knew. when If you have a dog or you know somebody has a dog that maybe seems disinterested or is nuts <laughs> or, or seems like it takes a ton of pressure, you know, maybe rethink all that. Don't give up on dogs. I have stories about dogs who had no some birds at all that later become fantastic hunters. Uh, you had to find the thing that clicked in there. But this is about people. This is about people who, one, they did buy a good dog with a good pedigree. That's, you know, that's something I would always suggest that everyone do. That's the first thing to hedge your bets. And that a good pedigree doesn't necessarily mean how many titles are on the little sheet that you see. But if it's the right ones and they're combined with the ones that they should be, because some work and some do not. But you get those, and then you... Find the best way you can to work with them. You slow down when they need you to slow down. You know, you stay patient. You take responsibility yourself. You come up like that with the crazy dog. You know, they had the craziest games. They would show me stuff they did. It was like, I never would have thought of that. That just made that dog bear down, think, focus, and work with them. And now they have one of the most titled pointing labs in the United States. And it's really that good. <laughs> and but they just never gave up and stayed on it and stayed on it and got that so whatever your dog is or you know and there's some dogs that trainers did wash out said take this dog home matter of fact I know one of those that recently is uh, getting ready to get qualified for next year's triple crown you know the trainer said no just take the dog I can't do anything with it and another approach and patience and waiting it out, then all of a sudden they start to see results that they never would have thought of before. So I really want people to know that just because an expert tells you something doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It might be, or might not. And if you could, usually the energy, the personal energy invested in these animals is what you get out of it. So if you try and it doesn't work and you give up, you didn't invest much and you probably won't get much. But if you... If you stay at it and do your best to learn and really deep down look at what's happening and think about it and, and get creative and care about these dogs, there's uh, some amazing things that can happen. 
so and I'd like I have a few more stories like that I'd like to tell but I just want people to understand this isn't black and white like you think it's just not and if you send your dog to the best trainer in the world it, it might work out really well it might not it might take time um but really learn and don't give up one on yourself and you know it's and this is very hard to learn to do well you know when you stand up there and watch somebody run a dog it doesn't look like they're doing much does it they just stand there and send the dog and it comes back and gives them the bird and they stand there and send the dog that is not what's happening up there and anyone now like this the two people i've talked about you know they probably thought it looked easy in the beginning and they will tell you it is really hard to get really good at that and even when you're there you're not there you can always you're going to make mistakes and do better so um I hope you could be a little bit motivated and a little bit, uh, you know, inspired to be more patient, be a little easier on yourself and your dog, stay at it, get the very best help you can. And uh, you might be surprised at just how well you can do. So that's the one for this week. Uh, I'm going to develop this thing on preparing to run the upper stakes and the other stuff for those that are interested in that. And I will be back. Uh, it's hunting season, you guys. Be safe. Make sure your dogs are in shape. Have a first aid kit, please. Have hydration. A lot of times blood sugar gets low on these guys when they're working hard. Have s some vetiproof snacks that you can give them to keep blood sugar up because every now and then that's the problem as well. So I wish everybody a safe, happy national season and um, hunting season. And I'll be back next week. <music>